This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hello and welcome to the program, and I'm happy that you could join us today. We've been talking about attachment to the body as part of what has to be given up at the time of death, and I came across a relevant teaching by Sadhguru on the website isha.sadguru.org on just this topic. Sadhguru says, So many things are being said about attachment being bad and how we should not get attached to anything. Because of these teachings and misunderstandings and because of the pain that people go through with attachment, there are a lot of questions and hesitation within people. The bondage with the body is deep. That is the source of all attachments. These teachings of detachment and being desireless have come because of fear of entanglement. Entanglement always causes pain and suffering within a person. So somebody gave this foolish solution, be detached. This means that according to them, the solution for life is to avoid life. If someone wants to avoid life, they must die. It's very simple. But being alive here and wanting to die and not dying is a big torture. If you want to live, you need involvement. People think spirituality means you should drop your family. By dropping someone, you will not become spiritual. You may not be fully aware of it, but in so many ways, your defense mechanisms and survival techniques are slowly trying to shift your attachment to your ideologies, philosophies, likes, dislikes, and your emotions, which then grow to things around you. This is the real accumulation, the biggest attachment, your personality. And this is what you need to throw, not your wife, child, bank balance or something else. When you are young, you seek physical freedom. When you become 30 or 40 years of age, you start saying, oh, that was foolish. Emotions and what we share between us is important. As you get older, you will see these emotions are too entangling. And you will not like that. You will want to shift your attachment to God. It must be understood that your deepest sense of attachment is not to your money, house, wife or child. Your deepest sense of attachment is to your own thought and emotion. You may feel your wife, job and child are dear to you, but please see, when your wife, child or the situations around you really go against the way you think and feel, you will drop all of them. You will not drop your ways of thinking and feeling, but you will drop the other person, because the other person has stopped fitting into your life. They are in your life only because they have made the compromise to agree with whatever you think and feel. You are just using someone as a means or as a victim. It is because you are deeply attached to your body that you get attached to somebody. If you are not attached to your own body, you can be deeply involved but unattached. So you do not have to work on your attachments with people around you. You really need to work with your attachment to your own body. If you release yourself from this, you are free from everything. Teachings that say, do not get attached, are not going to work. Unless experientially it is clear within you that this body is not me, there is no way you can become unattached from the body. There is a nice story about this. Once Indra, the king of all gods, came to earth seeking pleasure. 
He chose the form of a pig, because generally in terms of physical pleasure, the form of a pig is considered best. He found himself a beautiful female pig, married her, and produced dozens of piglets with her. Over time, he got very deeply involved and attached to them. The gods waited patiently in heaven, thinking it was a short pleasure trip. But when Indra did not return for a long time, they came down and saw this whole pig business in progress. They tried to reason with him to give up the pig's life and return to the heaven. But Indra was so deeply involved and attached to all this, he just grunted and left. The gods then decided to kill one piglet, hoping that the tragedy would make Indra realize his true nature and return. But suppose you have five children and you suddenly lose one. You will cling to the remaining four harder. That's the way. If you lose one more, you cling to the remaining three even harder, isn't it? For every piglet killed, Indra clung to the remaining ones harder. Eventually, the gods killed all the piglets. But Indra got busy producing more children. Then the gods thought that Indra's real attachment was his wife, so they killed her. And now he was greatly distressed. Soon, his pig friends and relatives suggested he take another wife. And the whole pig business started again. The gods were now completely at a loss with this. And Narada, the wise sage who was passing by and happened to see all this, said, Why did you kill a wife and kids? His attachment is to his body. Destroy the body. So the gods cut his body in two halves, and Indra came out and said, What the hell am I doing here? And returned to heaven. Satguru continues, The bondage with the body is deep. That is the source of all attachments. If you can truly get attached to another being, it is wonderful and fantastic. But when you get attached to your own body, you become so limited. So you do not have to go on searching for non-attachment somewhere else, or distancing this and that in your life. You simply need to know how to distance yourself from your own body. Yoga is a whole complete science, a tool and technology to bring about this sense of separation and freedom from the accumulation of the body. Whether you like it or not, in your breath, body and being, you are in an inseparable attachment with a whole. So do not hesitate about attachment. Do not listen to all those teachings about detachment. Right now, with all these teachings that attachment is bad, you are hesitating to be involved. Freedom will not come because you make yourself exclusive. Freedom comes only by including everything as part of yourself. If you include everything as part of yourself, then you will have no identity left. That is yoga. Yoga means attachment. When you get attached to the whole existence, you are in yoga. Or when you realize how inseparably you are attached with the existence, that is your vishvarupa, universality. Let your attachment be indiscriminate. It will lead to bliss. It is selective, prejudiced attachment that causes pain. The beauty and the grandeur of life is known only to one who is indiscriminately and absolutely involved with all that is. This will not only make you attached to everything, but also dissolve the small self that you have created. And now let that guide our motivation for the program today. 
that we become so involved with the whole of existence that we lose this fascination that we have with the body and the small self dissolves into the non-dual state. Isn't this very much in the spirit of bodhicitta, where the focus of our concern is changed from the well-being of oneself to the well-being of all others? Let's take a moment then to think of our motivation and readjust if necessary. Thank you. Last week in our discussion, we cited the Tibetan master Lama Zopa Rinpoche. He brings one typically Buddhist approach to giving up attachment to the body, that is, seeing it as unclean and impure. Do you remember? He said, So reflect on this body, on what it really is, just a skeleton plastered over with different bits of flesh and muscle. Inside there are the organs, veins, blood and other fluids, a layer of skin covers it, and it is adorned by hair, nails and teeth. In their natural state, none of these things is attractive. The body is filled with filthy and smelly substances, and what comes out of the body is also unappealing. Why be so attached to this body and suffer so much? Think about this, and then come to the conclusion, I will never again take this bad body which brings me so much harm. After this life, I will never again take on a suffering body created by karma and delusion. And yet, this body is part of the whole of existence. And as Sadhguru says, we should be attached to the whole of existence. Does this mean that we should be attached to the whole of existence but just not this body? Should we here and now take up the nearest knife or bodkin and, as Hamlet puts it, end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to? I don't think that the Buddha's teachings for all their emphasis on seeing the body in all its revolting glory is encouraging us to do away with it. After all, suicide is regarded as a heavy negativity. We have this body and we have to live with it whether we like it or not. And last week we also quoted Ken Rinpoche Geshe Tupten Chonyi, resident teacher at the Amitabha Buddhist Center Singapore, with this. No one is saying we should not take care of or sustain our bodies, but we should not do so out of attachment. We need to sustain the body, and we should know how to sustain the body. We should ensure that our bodies become supporting conditions for us to engage in virtue. That is how we should care for our bodies. Later on, he goes on to remind us that our bodies are like hotel rooms, which we stay in for a limited period of time. Yet, for the sake of this borrowed body, we do many things to protect, improve and make it happy. At the end of the day, what does this I, the guest of this hotel room that we cherish so much, get in return? How much real happiness has this guest experienced? What about the suffering and the problems encountered by this I? We need to think about this. Rinpoche says, we grasp at the body as being the self and belonging to the self. Based on these conceptions, we engage in many activities to ensure its happiness and freedom from suffering. But the suffering and problems persist and we never experience any everlasting happiness. Therefore, by understanding that our bodies are like hotel rooms, we should overcome our attachment to them. Thich Nhat Hanh the great Vietnamese master, 
has a beautiful teaching on taking care of the body as part of our mindfulness practice. You can find it at metarefuge.wordpress.com and he uses the Satipatthana Sutra, the discourse on the four foundations of mindfulness, as his inspiration. The teaching starts after he had already explained one exercise, the first exercise of mind breathing. Notice the compassion he brings to the body in contrast to the revulsion other commentators bring to it. This is a very practical teaching, so if you would like to do a mindfulness practice focused on the body, you might like to take some notes. Or the website to visit again is metarefuge.wordpress.com Thich Han says this, My dear friends, yesterday I spoke about the first exercise proposed by the Buddha concerning mindful breathing. Breathing in, I'm aware that I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I'm aware that I'm breathing out. To recognize breathing is the first exercise. There are four exercises about mindful breathing concerning the body. We should always start with our physical bodies because our physical bodies also need peace, harmony and rest. In order for our mind to be concentrated and also for our minds to be in peace and harmony, Walking meditation, sitting meditation and deep relaxation are exercises that concern our physical bodies. We should realize a true rest. We've lost our capacity to really rest our bodies. That is why we all need vacations to rest. But to rest is an art. Many among us know how to rest, but some others don't know how to rest. Our bodies need rest in order to heal. There are wounds in our bodies as in our minds, and rest is necessary. The practice of mindful breathing allows us to realize this rest. Animals in the forest, every time they are wounded, know how to rest. They look for a very quiet place, and they just stay there without moving for many days. They know it's the best way for their bodies to heal. During this time, they don't even think to eat or to run after prey. This wisdom is still alive in animals, but we human beings have lost the capacity to rest. We know we need vacations, we need rest, but we don't know how to use the time that is given to us. Sometimes after a vacation, we are more tired than if we didn't have the vacation. So we have to learn how to rest. Deep relaxation here is one of the methods of resting. Walking meditation is also a method. Sitting meditation is another means to rest. In order to rest, you have to know how to use your breathing. The first exercise that the Buddha proposed is, while I'm breathing in, I'm aware that this is breathing in, and breathing out, I'm aware that I'm breathing out. Recognizing, breathing in as breathing in, and breathing out as breathing out. Thich Nhat Hanh then goes on to the second exercise of mindful breathing and says, the second exercise, I breathe in, and I'm aware of the length of my in-breath. Breathing out, I'm aware of the length of my out-breath. During the second exercise, we are aware of the length of the in-breath and the out-breath. That means we are aware only of breathing in and breathing out. If your in-breath is long, you are aware of the in-breath all during the length of the in-breath. That doesn't mean that a long in-breath is better than a short in-breath. What is important here is mindfulness. It's not the length of breathing in or breathing out. 
If the in-breath is long, you know it. If the out-breath is long, you know it. That is all. Do not try to prolong the breath. Just allow it to be the way it is naturally. If it's short, let it be short. You only need to light the light of mindfulness to recognize what is going on at that moment. In this case, it is a long in-breath. In that case, it is an in-breath of another length. Light up the light of mindfulness in order to recognize that this is an in-breath and it is quite a long in-breath. During practice, you touch deeply your in-breath and your out-breath and you stop thoughts. We should not interfere with the length of the breath, only being aware of what is going on. So during the first exercise, breathing in, breathing out. During the second, long and short. During the second exercise, we are aware of the length of the in-breath or the out-breath. And then he comes to the third exercise of mindful breathing. With the third, he says, I breathe in and I'm aware of my whole body. That means, while you breathe like this, you generate energy of mindfulness. And with the energy of mindfulness, you embrace your whole body. You recognize your whole body being, being present here, either sitting, lying down, standing or walking. Breathing is to generate the object of mindfulness. The object of mindfulness here is the whole body. You know that in the first exercise, the object of mindfulness is in-breath, out-breath. In the second exercise, the object is length of the breath. In the third, it is to embrace, to contact, to touch something that is more than the breath, the physical body. The physical body is the foundation of the breath. So you start with pure breathing and you arrive at your physical body. Breathing in, I'm aware of my whole physical body. Breathing out, I'm aware of my whole physical body. That way, we start to recognize our whole physical body. We embrace it and we are at peace with it. Breathing in, I'm aware of my whole body. This seems to be very simple, but it is extremely important. We started to come back to the breath and after becoming one with our in-breath, now we are becoming one with our physical body. This is returning, coming back. We wandered a lot in the past, but now we are determined to come back to ourselves. The first destination is the breath, then it is the body, and later the feelings, the perceptions and consciousness, knowledge. Take another step in order to come back to yourself as a physical body. Breathing in, I am aware of my whole physical body. This is already a love meditation. We have to be very interested in our physical body. I recognize you, my physical body. I have abandoned you too much, but now I'm coming back and I recognize you as existing. Then Thich Nhat Hanh talks about the fourth exercise of mindful breathing, saying, Number four, breathing in, I calm the activities of my physical body. Because there has not been enough peace in your physical body, not enough harmony, there are wars in your physical body, sorrow or pain. So you should be here for, for your physical body. My physical body, I'm here for you. Take care, be interested in your physical body and start to take care of your physical body. I breathe in and I calm my physical body. When in a lying position, practicing deep relaxation, you can realize rest and recovering of your physical body. 
You have a room in your home where you can practice deep relaxation every day. You can practice this as a family. One member of the family can guide the practice of deep relaxation. Here in Plum Village, the brothers and sisters can show you how to practice deep and complete relaxation. You have to learn that very carefully in order to do it when you get back home. And you also you can teach that to the children. We can practice this as a family. A family is a Sangha. One member of the family can guide the practice of relaxation. During 15 or 20 minutes, we can re-establish our mindfulness. We can dissipate stress. It is very important to practice as a group, as a Sangha, as a family. And this will create a good habit among your children. The third exercise is recognizing the presence of your physical body. The fourth exercise is to calm the activities of your physical body, being aware of your physical body as a whole and then being aware of different parts of your physical body. So then Thich Nhat Hanh brings mindful breathing to the parts of the body. He says, the next four exercises are about feelings, but today we will speak only about the first set of four exercises. In the Satipatthana Sutra, the discourse on the four foundations of mindfulness, the Buddha said, Like a farmer who goes into the attic and brings down a bag of grain and opens it and lets all the seeds fall out onto the floor, and with his good eyes he can distinguish wheat from beans and so on. When you generate mindfulness, with this mindfulness you can identify different parts of your body. I breathe in, I'm aware of my eyes. I breathe out and I smile to my eyes. This is because your eyes are part of your physical body and you can start with your eyes. Then you go down to the nose, the mouth. You are aware of your brain, of your ears, and you should call the different parts of your physical body by their names and send to each part of your body your smile. Your smile in mindfulness is the energy of love. Your awareness is first and love comes with it. You have to take care of your physical body. That's what the Buddha said. In the sitting position or lying down, you can start generating mindfulness and you send this energy to different parts of your body. I breathe in and I'm aware of my eyes. I breathe out and I smile to my eyes. Recognize your eyes as existing and send to your eyes the energy of your awareness. You can start with your eyes and you can finish with your feet. There are about 36 parts of the body that are discussed in this discourse of the, bo of the Buddha. So always with mindfulness of breathing, you embrace the different parts of your body. When one part of your body is not well, when there's pain, when something is not going well in one part of your body, you should stop. You should tenderly embrace this part of your body with mindfulness. You should send energy and love, and this will help this part of your body to heal. The ideal position in which to do it is to lie down. If your child needs this, you can become your child's guide in order to practice this. I will practice with you, my daughter. I will join my mindfulness energy with yours in order for you to embrace this part of your body that is painful. I will smile to this part of your body. We can always practice as a Sangha and we can do it every day before going to bed or after you wake up. You should always look for a moment to do it, even if you have a doctor who is treating you, 
even if you're taking medicines. Then Thich Nhat Hanh speaks about letting the body rest to heal itself. He says, You should know that only nature can really establish health in your body. The animals resting in the forest have a strong trust in nature. It's because our bodies have the capacity to heal. When we cut a finger, what should we do to heal? It's enough to wash the wound and let nature do the rest. Our mind knows how to heal itself, so we should allow our body to do the work. If healing is not happening, this is because we don't allow our body to heal. We have forbidden our body to heal because we don't rest. That's how we prevent our body healing. It's very important to allow our body to heal itself. We should have trust in the capacity of our own body to heal. Practice the non-practice. Don't do anything. Just allow your body to rest. With mindfulness and this rest, you can transform the state of your physical body. The Buddha has spoken at length about this practice. You should really love your body. You should really take care of your body. Mindful breathing with rest can do miracles. While taking medicine, you can still help the healing with the practice of mindfulness of breathing and rest. That is Thich Nhat Hanh. Now in the light of this, let's have a quick look at what Philip Moffat, the founding teacher of the Spirit Rock Meditation Center in California, says about using the body as an object of concentration. In his blog titled, The Body as Spiritual Path, on dharmawisdom.org. The body can also be used as the ground or object for your concentration, he says. This means staying so focused on the body that you achieve a degree of concentration that allows you to open to various deep meditative states. These states are referred to as jhana in the Pali Buddhist sutras and samadhi in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra. When one is able to achieve deep concentration, a whole universe opens up that is underneath the surface experiences of this daily life. The body is an ideal object of concentration, whether accessed as breath, touch or sensation. In many instances, when you enter into deep meditative states by staying concentrated on the body, an added dimension of intensity occurs. Some teachers would say this is because you are directly accessing the energetic body. In some of these deep meditative states, you may experience that there is no body, only patterns of energy or a sense of emptiness. Even this is awareness of the body. Or if all you feel is numbness in the body, this too is a body sensation and can be an object of mindfulness. In asana practice, you can begin to learn mindfulness of the body by changing the focus of your attention from the outer movement of the limbs and torso to the inner felt sense of body and mind. Working with the breath while doing your postures is a step in this direction. Tantric and Kundalini teachings also use the body as a path to evoke certain energetic states or create certain image-driven mind states. Many people have found that using the body as the meditative object helps bridge the gap between their meditation practice and daily life. So what this teaches us is that losing attachment to the body doesn't mean not taking care of it. It may mean taking care of it in a much more profound and loving way. But now we're going to have to leave it there for our time is up. Thanks for joining us today and I hope the program has brought you some benefit. 
please dedicate the positive potential from the program to gaining enlightenment for the sake of all beings. Will you join us again next week? I certainly hope so. Thank you and goodbye. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.